Everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. But what if I told you that you could exchange that life for one of victory? Are you interested? My name is Mark McKinn, and I'm joined with Dr. John Woodward. And together, we want to guide you into a complete and victorious identity in Christ. Our desire is for everyone to know Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, so that you can live victoriously, disciple strategically, and counsel effectively. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace. Well, welcome to Glimpses of Grace, episode number 24. And Dr. John, I want to celebrate for just a second, but we have now eclipsed over 4,500 downloads for Glimpses of Grace. So thank you to everyone who is listening. Yay. And we are growing uh, in Canada, Ireland, and now in good old South Africa. So our trip evidently kind of drummed up some uh, listeners. So welcome to all of you down in Cape Town. John, you have a word for us today. In Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm, we have such a picture, don't we, Mark, of God's uh, care for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Old English, there is a modern hymn version of that. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Mm. And so uh, there's a difference, isn't there, Mark, um, between our needs and our wants. Right. We know that as parents, right? <laughs> when our kids say, I need yeah, such and such. Well, yeah. is that a need I need a, a new want? video game, Dad. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, that might be a want. But because the Lord is our shepherd, we really do have that promise that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And in John chapter 10, the Lord says he is the good shepherd, mm-hmm. and he has uh, given his life for us, um, and he's there to care for us and lead us on. So isn't it encouraging that we have that provision from the Lord um, and the secret of contentment? You know, Ephesians 1.3 says that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so as you're saying, I think it's important that we remember that you know, we have all the grace, all the mercy, all the long suffering, all the patience that we need. We have it already. You know, most of us grew up, right, John, having a grandmother tell us, don't pray for patience because God will test you mm-hmm. in order to give it to you. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, grandma's wrong. We have it all in Christ. And so, now, is there tests from the Lord? Of course there is, right? The, the refiner's fire. But that's not in order to give us patience. Right, my pastor said this, you know, not too long ago. It's to reveal our faith. It's not to give us faith. It's to reveal it. And I thought that was so good. But we we got to understand that we lack nothing in Christ. Amen. So what about that prayer? Someone prayed, Lord, I need patience, and I need it now. <laughs> well, <laughs> You're right, right, right. Well, it makes a difference when we have a grace orientation. That's exactly right. Well, John, and we've been talking about that. So we've been talking about the spirit. We've been talking about the soul. Today, we're going to talk about the body. So when you are walking someone through the wheel diagram, and we've been talking about that now for the last several episodes, when you get to the body aspect of this diagram, walk us through a little bit of how you intro that. Well, last time we were talking about the conflicts we have uh, growing up in this fallen world and trying to get our needs met independently of God. And we talked about inferiority and insecurity and inadequacy, which are such common conflicts that we have, and, and guilt and worry and doubts and fears. 
We also talked about frustration due to life's problems piling up more and more. And we talked about a hostility, either being vented or stuffed, and then how we look for an escape, don't we, Mark, in terms of the mind looks for a way out and the emotions we have increasing depression and anxiety. And we conclude that part of the discussion by reminding them that in this diagram, which we call the wheel diagram, there is an S in the center, which represents the fleshly self or our own ego trying to be in control and trying to cope with life uh, independently of God. And so to the extent that we have had these burdens pile up more and more, chances are there's going to be some stress-related health problems. So Mm -hmm. we go into this topic, Mark, about how the problems of life, our psychological tension, can affect our physical health, right? Right. And so as we segue into talking about what some scholars call psychosomatic problems, psychosomatic, they generate in the mind and emotions, but somatic, they show up in our our body. That doesn't mean that they're not real physical problems, but it means, as you mentioned in the last episode, that a large part of these are caused or made worse by what's going on in terms of uh, dysfunction happening in our soul. Right, and I mentioned you know, asking my doctor flat out, some of the people coming in here, you know, maybe it is, it's headaches, it's ulcers, you know, is this originating from an issue in the body? But he seemed to, well, not seem to, he did agree with us that no, in fact, it is originating from the psychological issues coming from stress, from anxiety, and, you know, those things when we're, you know, because think about it, John, when we're in the center of our own life, we're trying to figure it out with our own mind. But 1 Corinthians 2.16 says we have the mind of Christ. So let me just ask you that are listening, if you have the mind of Christ, why would you ever use yours? But yet you do, and I do. And because of that, the issues happening in our soul when we're in the center are affecting our bodies. And some of these are very easy to see. Maybe some of them are not. So in this wheel diagram, and hopefully our listeners are going to download the Grace Fellowship International app or using Handbook to Happiness or some of our other materials that have these tools, there is an arrow between our spiritual aspect and our psychological aspect, and there's an arrow between the soul and the body, which we're talking about in this podcast. So what that means is that what's going on in your mind, will, and emotions does have an influence on your physical condition, but also it goes the other way as well, namely that what's going on in your physical health is probably going to influence how you think and feel and choose. Mm -hmm. And we can illustrate that by, let's start with the physical level. If we miss a night's sleep, will that affect us (laughs) mentally and emotionally? We'll have the blahs, right? We won't function the same way. On the other hand, if someone um, has uh, tension and their mind can't turn off and they have obsessive thoughts, then it's pretty common that they're probably going to have uh, some tension headache. Right. Or if someone has chronic anxiety and fear, it may show up in, in having a nervous stomach and some of these other gastro gastrointestinal problems. If someone has a lot of turmoil and stress, probably there's going to be some heart arrhythmia or something. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not always uh, an exact science as to how 
what particular emotion causes what physical symptom, although there's some research on that. But we're talking in general terms that our spirit affects our soul and our soul affects our body. Uh, before we started to record, Mark, we were talking about Psalm 32, where King David has this classic psalm of repentance. And he describes that when he was holding on to a sin, when he didn't confess it, it not only affected him psychologically, it affected him physically. Psalm 32, verse 3, David wrote, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. So here we see that there were physical symptoms of the conviction of his sin. On the other hand, when we have a clear conscience, that has the opposite effect. The Bible says, for example, that a cheerful heart does good like medicine. Mm -hmm. So we see that this happens in both directions, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, this really became something that I got passionate about years ago as I was walking a soldier who was struggling with PTSD through the wheel diagram. Historically, we haven't really talked a lot about the body. I mean, we really just kind of mention it and how, you know, these psychological issues are affecting our physical life. But, you know, he stopped me and he said, hey, Mark, whoa, wait a minute, man. Like, you're just kind of blowing through the body, but, you know, this is causing some issues for me. And I said, well, you know, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, when I was deployed, if you're not out on, you know, a mission and you're not eating or sleeping, you're working out. So he said, I was ripped. I mean, I had, you know, not a lot of body fat. I mean, I was sending pictures home to my wife with me and my six-pack abs and all this stuff. But he said, now that I'm home, you know, life is back to normal. You're working. And he said, I've gained like 25 pounds. And he said, but I look at my body, and it's making me feel inferior that my wife won't desire me like she did when I first came home from deployment. And so, you know, I really began to think about that and, and just think about how the body, because it is a part of us, right? It is our earth suit and how we are, you know, relating to the environment and the world that we live in. But, you know, John, how many people do you think, and I, I mean, I don't want to say it's 100%, but I just feel like it's really high, of clients that we have that because of the issues happening within their soul and maybe even within their spirit as well, they're finding themselves either in insomnia or in just sleeping all the time. Don't you think that's a high number of people that we talk to? Indeed it is. And also it affects our eating. As you mentioned, sometimes we can deal with stress by eating too much. Others uh, who feel like their life is out of control um, may purposely not eat, and that can become even a serious psychological problem, right? Anorexia. Um, and there can be extremes in sleep where some people escape in sleep. And then we have a number of clients you know, that have chronic insomnia. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation with uh, Margie in a previous episode where, mm -hmm. and also Aaron Kim, how God uh, delivered them from insomnia through through his peace and through their union with Christ being appropriated. Yeah. So often when we show clients um, the wheel diagram and the symptoms in the body, they'll mention that many of them 
are showing up. And again, it actually increases their interest Mm -hmm. in understanding the psychological and physical aspects of their ailments. And then they lean into even more of an eagerness to discover the Christ-centered solutions, which uh, we are called to present. Well, and you know, my story, for those of you that may not know, as it pertained to the body, was the struggles of my flesh life and the self life and living out of, you know, fears and insecurities and inadequacies that had happened to me and that were happening to me, you know, my hostile reaction was running to food, especially Mondays. You know, I was a pastor at the time and, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of living with two issues, or at least I was. The first one was really thinking about yesterday, right? So thinking about Sunday, did anyone move? Did anyone, you know, um, respond to the gospel? And so unfortunately for me, if people did, I thought it was a good sermon. And if they didn't, I thought it was a terrible one. But then, you know, Monday around two o'clock is when our financial secretary would send us an email basically saying, here's what was brought in through tithes and gifts. And, you know, but that was really tied into my identity too, because if it was a good number, I felt like I was a good pastor. If it was a terrible number, I felt like I was a terrible leader. But my problem was when that stress rose up, the woman who worked or who owned the hamburger joint across the street from the church, which was an amazing hamburger, she gave it to me for free. So I would text her. I would literally read that email. So especially on a day where no one moved on Sunday, we didn't make budget, I would email her, hey, Susan, this is Mark on my way. Immediate reply, hey, honey, got a burger on the grill waiting on you. So I would go down there with a hamburger, French fries, big old thing of Coke, and then I would get halfway through it, John, and realize, what am I doing? I've already had lunch. Like, that wasn't even my lunch. That was my... I'm, I'm sad to say it, it was my God of comfort. And you would think that at that moment when I'm having this thought that I would say, I'm not, I didn't even pay for this, like so just get a to-go box and take it back and throw it away. Nope, ate the whole thing. And you do that for about seven to 10 years. And all of a sudden, you know, I weigh 270 pounds. Looking at myself in the mirror saying, I don't even know who this guy is that I'm looking at, which, like the soldier, made my feelings of inadequacy and insecurities and inferiorities even more. And so, you know, I think for a lot of you listening, this is a problem, that the stresses of your life, you know, this is why we call it comfort food. This is why, you know, some people started drinking or, you know, as we mentioned last week, why, you know, people are just going to go into their bedroom, turn the light off, get under the covers and, you know, turn on and binge watch some show for hours and hours and hours. And again, there's nothing wrong with Netflix. I want you to understand that. There's nothing wrong with the show you're watching necessarily. But if it is you're running to something to find comfort and it's not Christ, it's sin. That's why I think it's important that we talk about the body. And so much of the time, a person may base their identity on their body, for better or for worse. You mentioned when you're overweight, that affects your sense of of self-worth. 
But here in our culture, where people are getting a lot of their values from social media, uh, there's a tremendous confusion about things like gender identity. So in around the 1970s, this concept of gender identity um, being something different than our biological sex of male and female kind of started to develop. And now, in recent years, it's become a huge controversy. So we would say that in the biblical worldview, Genesis tells us that we are not evolved, we are created. We're made in God's image. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we're made male and female. And so that is a biological identity that we should accept as a gift from God. Now, our gender identity is part of what we might call our natural fleshly view of how we see ourselves. And friends, we may have some confusion based on social media or friends at school or something we're watching where we start to get questions about if I feel this way or I have this temptation, does that mean that I have this gender identity or that gender identity? And so we would just bring back the the simplified solution that our essential identity, friends, isn't based upon uh, our flesh patterns. In other words, how we've been conditioned to meet needs independently of God. That that changes. That's temporary. But our essential identity is spiritual. So, listeners, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your essential identity is that you're a child of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're God's workmanship. All those positive statements that you've heard us talk about in terms of biblical principles. So that means we have an identity in Christ that is positive and secure. So when we live out of that spiritual identity, then that's going to be key to renewing our mind, healing damaged emotions, empowering our will. And Mark, that also flows into uh, a more responsible and even dignified view of our human body, doesn't it? Well, especially when you think about the idea, right, that our body is a temple of Holy Spirit. And so we really need to take care of that temple, just like we would take care of our cars, we take care of our houses. You know, we need to take care of our we need to take care of our bodies. You know, for a lot of us that is just something that we neglect, but I really hope and pray that we can begin to have discipline to be healthy spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Because, you know, for a lot of us the ways that we're living our life, the foods that we're choosing to eat, and I know that that's a big debate, but it really does play a difference in brain fog. Um, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand that gut health has a lot to do with your brain health. And, you know, and again, and if you don't think that, you know, the way that you eat can make a difference, go back to the Old Testament and read about Daniel. And read about how, you know, he takes a stand to not eat of the king's portion. And then, you know, when there's finally this this time of setting them aside, you know, the king's like, wait a minute, you know, these Hebrew boys look better than the others. So there there really is a lot to do with that. And, you know, John, you know my story, um, you know, this, this year... I, um, you know, set aside some time to study the body a little bit more. Uh, I became a personal trainer. Um, I became a fitness coach, a nutrition coach, uh, a strength and conditioning coach, because what I saw happen in my own life was, you know, when my spirit and my soul began to get healthy, I now had the consequences of my physical health. 
And so, as I mentioned a second ago, you know, now I needed to lose a lot of weight. And in fact, you know, I remember specifically the day that I decided to do this, I weighed 263 pounds. And so I just changed my life. I did not go on a diet. I just said, you know, just like I'm living new spiritually, I'm living new in my soul. I now need to live new in my body, right? I'm a new creation. This is new. And, you know, now I went a little extreme. I ended up losing about you know, um, man, I think over 70 pounds, I, I, I got down to 179 pounds, which was not good. And then kind of flattened out, you know, between 195 and 205. So, you know, and I, I felt so much better. I, I mean, I, my brain fog was gone. Um, you know, just a lot of those things that I felt like were just keeping me in a, a state of blah, just began to go away. So your spiritual breakthrough motivated you to be a better steward of your physical health. And as uh, you became more healthy and fit, then that also had a positive effect on your energy level and mental functioning and efficiency, right? And I think that's the key. That's the way it has to go. So for some people, especially coming up at the first of the year, is people are going to say, I need to lose weight. If you try to go body then spirit, soul, it's not going to work. That's vanity. You have to get healthy spiritually first because he is the key to everything. And, you know, how then do I, how do, how then do I stay motivated, right? You've seen the statistics before. You know, what is it? 80% of the people who start a New Year's resolution in January will not even be doing it by the end of February, and so we're not talking about creating these resolutions. We're talking about living a new life. And so when you get your spiritual life and understand, man, you know, I'm not just saved, but I have assurance and security and acceptance. My identity, as you just mentioned, is biblically based. Then all of a sudden I realize, wait, I don't want to live out of the self-life. I want to live Christ's life. I don't want my life to always go through a tornado of emotion. I don't want to react. I want to respond. And, you know, as we talked about before, if I have the mind of Christ, I want to use it. It's with those two things nailed down that now you can look at your body and then realistically start in a place. So, you know, John, you and I have talked about this. You know, you and I, we love to take walks around the block after we eat lunch together and we we have some great talks, but you know, you and I had this talk just a, a few months ago about nutrition and and health. Well, you know, with with where you are, you can't start where I am. You have to start where you are. And as listeners, you have to start where where you are, I, you know, so to say, oh, I should just go to the gym and start throwing weights around, that may not be a smart decision. And so just like you would pray and ask Holy Spirit to help you in your spirit, you need to pray and ask him to help you with your body. And for some of you, it may not need to start with exercise. It may need to start with, you know, cutting out soda or cutting out fried foods and making better and healthier, you know, food choices that will allow your body to begin to heal. Amen. It reminds me of that verse that says, whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, we need to do it for the glory of God. Amen. Start with the spiritual motivation. And uh, you refer to the body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
I turn to that passage, Mark. Can I read those verses here? Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Remember, Corinth in ancient Greece was notorious for immorality, especially sexual immorality. So Paul is giving them biblical values to, to live more like angels rather than animals. Okay. So he says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? Mm-hmm. For you have been bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So this is saying a couple of things that we just want to underline, friends, that our body belongs to God because he redeemed us. And secondly, our body has dignity because we are not just a biological organism. Our body is um, the vessel by which we have our immaterial side, as we've defined it as soul and spirit. And also we have God's spirit in us. So here we have this imagery of a temple, which is a building where God manifests his personal presence in a unique way. So isn't it amazing that as believers, our body becomes a dwelling place for the life of Christ to be manifested? And friends, that gives us dignity, but also gives us responsibility, like you said, Mark, to take care of our body through nutrition, through avoiding uh, harmful substances and behaviors, not just because uh, we want to to look or feel a certain way, but ultimately to glorify the Lord. And I love that you mentioned there, not look a certain way. Because I think if I could say this to everyone who's listening, make the goal health, not looks. Don't don't have your number as the goal. And I think for a lot of people, it is, I just need to lose this amount of weight or I want to look this certain way. I think when you when I listen to you read that verse, what I think about is let's have the goal to be healthy. Because if I'm healthy, then I am I'm I'm better used for the kingdom. Right? Not only am I more focused, but I'm I'm actually going to be able to do this longer. I'm going to be around for my spouse longer. I'm going to, you know, be around for my children longer, my grandchildren, and maybe even, you know, my great grandchildren. You know, these are things that for some of you listeners, you know, you, you may only be in your 20s and 30s and you're not thinking about life when you're in your 70s or 80s, but you really need to be thinking about this because, you know, don't use these prime years of your life and waste them on just doing, you know, based on the self-life, living how you want, when you want, and doing what you want. That, you know, you're that's going to be a regret later on in life. But I think health is the key. And then the other part of that is recovery. You know, making sure that you are, you know, listening to your body. So if you've not been doing anything and all of a sudden you are, Listen to your body. So if your body's tired, you, you need to rest. But for all of us, we need to get good sleep. And so I know for some of you, you know, we've talked about how, you know, insomnia is an issue. Another reason why, if insomnia is an issue for you, that you need to reach out to us. Hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com so that we can help walk you through this in a more personal way and help you to gain freedom so that you can have the rest that you need to be healthy in your body. So we've been talking about the body as a temple of the Holy Spirit, health as we might use the word stewardship, which means we belong to God, but we're responsible to take care of our health, not just to look or feel a certain way, but because we do have dignity and we want to be healthy 
to accomplish the good works through us that God wants us to accomplish. So in our Christ-centered counseling and discipleship model, we're talking about this tool called the wheel diagram that, that our mentor Charles Solomon designed years ago, the spirit, soul, body, the three areas of this pie-shaped diagram. And today as we talk about how the soul affects the body and your body affects your soul both directions, we've seen that sometimes people have a headache mark or some physical ailment and they just go to the medicine cabinet thinking that that's all there is to it. But we're saying very often it is caused by mental and emotional strain and turmoil that God wants to heal, God wants to resolve, either through um, his provision for healing from the past or to invite us into this yoke, this easy, this burden that's light, which comes through abiding in Christ. So really this soul-body connection is goes both directions, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. For example, we have a friend who... Um, was going through the change of life, and she had uh, hormonal issues in terms of menopause, but she didn't understand what was going on and felt it was a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. Now, she was involved in a in a uh, spiritual ministry, so she invested in um, the usual things about uh, spiritual disciplines, which was noble, but it wasn't until she realized, oh, this was actually primarily a physical problem and adjusted uh, to, to those hormones that she got relief from some of the the emotional issues she was dealing with. So in that case, Mark, it was actually a physical problem, which she thought right. was spiritual. Yep. Most of the time it goes the other way around, right? Where it someone is. thinks it's just a physical problem, but it's generated, as you mentioned, your doctor agreed with you, that it's caused or made uh, more intense by these feelings of inferiority, insecurity, inadequacy, and the other things we've talked about. Now, part of the good news of this is that we are moving toward a holistic diagnosis of saying God has designed us with the spiritual, psychological, physical aspects of life. And when we realize that living life on our own terms and our own strength, even as a born-again Christian, is not working for us, actually that can be a good thing because God wants us to discover that he has come to give us abundant life. But that comes through through adjusting and through surrendering mm-hmm. and coming into alignment where God's Spirit is in control to renew our mind, give us peace and joy emotionally and the power to love God and love others. And then as we have inner mental and emotional peace, then we can expect stress-related health problems to improve. And isn't that encouraging when yeah. that happens? Yeah, very much so, very much so. Well, John, it's usually at this time that we have a glimpse of grace, and you have one for us today. Well, when we think of the the psychosomatic aspect of the counseling, I'm reminded of uh, my friend Tim, who was going through this counseling with me years ago in Ontario, and uh, he came to the point of realizing his need to surrender to the Lord, and he wholeheartedly surrendered. He was saved um, around age 20 but from a very dysfunctional background, but he came to Christ. But then for the next decade or more, he had more of a performance-based view of the Christian life, and mm. it really took a toll on his own mental and emotional health and on his marriage. And so as he walked through this process, he had a grace awakening of knowing that he really was accepted in the Beloved. He came to surrender more wholeheartedly to the Lordship of Christ. And then as we discovered uh, union with Christ and how his identity wasn't based on his childhood or his circumstances or rejection, but his identity was based on being a son of God who was loved and and accepted, 
then he prayed uh, to enter into identification. We call it the selfers prayer, uh, which is simply Romans 6 put into a prayer. And he did, and, and it was wonderful to see how the Holy Spirit made that a reality in his life. A couple weeks later, I got a call from Tim. He said, John, I got really good news. I said, what's going on, Tim? He said, my headaches are gone. Mm. Well, I didn't remember you had headaches. He said, John, I've had headaches for two years, and I've had to take medication every day for the last two years. Wow. But since my spiritual breakthrough, my headaches are gone. No more need for headache medication. Amen. So, so encouraging uh, when we see those kind of breakthroughs. And um, the Lord is for the body, the mm-hmm. Bible says. Mm-hmm. And I guess another glimpse of grace is my own journey, Mark, because uh, three years ago I had a bit of a challenge when I got something in the mail, and it was called a Medicare card. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, uh, how did I get to be 65 already? So um, those of us who are dealing with aging realize that um, that that's also a call for us to base our identity not on uh, our age, but on who we are in Christ. And so um, when we discover that Christ is our life, that even though uh, we're dealing with challenges of aging and sometimes listeners uh, with other health ailments that haven't been um, supernaturally uh, healed in our mortal body yet, uh, to know that God has already saved us spiritually. He's in the process of delivering us today from our version of the self-life as we Mm -hmm. abide in Christ, and he will save us someday from the very presence of sin. Amen. And uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, Paul, who knew what it was like to have a lot of physical ailments due to all kinds of afflictions and physical trauma he had been through, even stoned one time and left for dead in Lystra. But he says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. He's talking about our physical body. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yes. And here that concept of seeing, he's talking about through the eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. So praise the Lord that we can have that dignity and hope through the Christ-centered life. Amen. Well, before we close, I want to let you know of something that we have just launched that we are very excited about, and that is we are now doing life coaching here at Grace Fellowship International. And you may be asking, what's the difference? Well, here is the main difference. In counseling, John, I, or one of our guides sort of drive the entire process based on your assessment call. So when we get together and figure out your presenting problem and what's going on with your life and the counseling aspect of what we do, uh, we are driving that ship and helping you to find and guide you into victorious identity in Christ. But in life coaching, you, the client, gets to drive the ship. So whether it is with me or one of the few life coaches that we have recently hired, you can begin to ask questions and talk through life, uh, learning these exchanged life principles along the way. So we are very excited uh, about this and our new life coaches that have just joined us as guides here at Grace Fellowship International. If you want more information, please go to gracefellowshipinternational.com, click on the coaching button, and you can learn more as well as send an email to get more information. 
Thank you for listening to Glimpses of Grace. We pray today guided you into a more complete and victorious identity in Christ. If you would like more information about Grace Fellowship International, please visit us online at www.gracefellowshipinternational.com. If you would like to contact us, please send us an email, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. We hope you have a great day.